Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. The choice of a lawyer is important and shouldn't be based on an ad. After a serious car accident, people have two questions. Why me and what now? Well, no one knows why you, but I'm Terry Crouppen, and my law firm, Brown & Crouppen, sure can help with the what now. Car repairs, medical bills, lost wages, pain and suffering. We're Brown & Crouppen, and we've got all those answers. All you have to do is call. 222-2222. I mean, what the hell is going on? It's the morning after. KPN-TFM HD2. Collinsville, St. Louis. Okay, dude, I don't know. It's up to you. It's top 10. Top 10 seconds. Mark Hanna's in studios and uh, shaved his beard. A lot of talk about it. Jackson, are you mad at Mark Hanna for shaving his beard? Yeah. What are we doing? Interesting. Okay, you're at least consistent. Yeah. If you can grow a beard, you should. Hold on. Let me make a note. Yep. Get Jackson's permission before applying the lather. Oh. Basically, any Look grooming thing I should be at least talked to. But you can't grow a beard yourself, Jackson? I can. It's just the colors are weird. It's like what? white on my face and red mm. on my neck. Can I sponsor oh. that? Oh. Uh, what about that, Jackson? You can grow a beard for cash. I mean, we can try. It's not going to look good. I, it took me like two weeks to grow a, a mustache to a point where you could like make it out from 10 feet away. So. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I'm getting aroused. It's a long-term I'm investment. I'm not. I am too. It's great when four guys get in a small room and mm. get aroused together. It's yeah. my kind of scene. I got the same thing. Yeah. You're aroused. <laughs> Had I never shaved my upper lip, I still wouldn't have a mustache. Is that right? No. Plowhawk, how quickly could you, because you got your mustache going right now. I could do a beard in about two weeks. Mm-hmm. For one? Could yeah. You, look at you. Yeah, but I just tuned the mustache. Sometimes the goatee. It's too itchy on the neck. Maybe because I'm not used well, to it. Well, I trim the but, neck, <sighs> but then I then this this grows. I'll probably shave this again. Well, now was, that Mark's shaved. I get irritated with it. I don't know. Yeah. I am i don't know if you know this, but I'm kind of a ninny. <laughs> oh, <I am>. yeah. <laughs> so I get irritated. Oh, I can feel the whiskers. So <laughs> I just get rid of it. Yeah, I, mean, I could grow back. like one hell of a neck beard. But, oh, that's hot. Yeah, yeah but I didn't go to Vianney. Test the, uh, no, that's the peach fuzz mustache. Test the loyalty of your new love interest by just growing a neck beard and see how long she stays. <laughs> if seen... she stays, you know you got to keep her. It's oh. like Chaz Palmentary in yeah. uh, Bronx Tale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We've talked. The clean shaven's the way to go. Is that right? Yeah. All right. yeah. You're a clean shaven boy? Oh, yeah. <laughs> You're having a big day with drops. You got any hair on your back, Jackson? <laughs> no. Lucky to avoid most body oh, hair. that's yeah. a... I got like a little South City backyard of chest hair. Now, what does that Just mean right there? That. that was very condescending. Well, Mark, like, I mean, I, I know you're South County, not South City, but you still have to take offense to that, mm. don't you? Well, a lot of the... the I support it. The, <laughs> the, a lot of the backyards in South City are perfect squares or perfect rectangles, and that's kind of well, what I have. we can't afford a bunch of property. Well, Sorry. It, we didn't grow up on the acreage you did. It's yeah. not a reflection of this is the, the affluence. It's it just the, the geometry of the backyards are usually quite square. So the, your back is square? No, I don't have any back or shoulder hair, brother. He's, but, he was talking about his chest hair. Yeah. He's got a landing strip on he his does. chest? He does. Yeah. It's more, yeah, I guess you could say that. Well, what lands there? <laughs> 
<laughs> Don't act coy. Oh. Soppings. Yeah. Gentlemen's. Yeah. All right. Uh, is Jeremy Rutherford on the line? He is. He's been listening to oh, these. No. you got to be listening and learning. Morning, JR. You're sponsored by Mark Hanna yeah. of Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Oh, just listening and learning. Hey, Mark. Uh, no, hey, a couple of things, Tim. Uh, first of all, I don't know if anybody said this yet, but I'd like to donate some money for Iggy to stay. Oh, wow. There you go, Iggy. Money's coming nice. in on both sides, yeah. Doug. We're like a Vegas casino. Yeah, he wins both ways. All right. Well, we'll give him the word. He's out now cutting some business deals. <laughs> right. And then uh, a little bit of a bone to pick. Uh, yesterday, about 10 o'clock in the morning, I met with... Uh, Kelly Chase and we sat down and had a conversation at Starbucks and Tim, you know, I'm tearing up, you know, listening to him and we're going to put together an article uh, for the athletic. And I get a phone call in the afternoon from a friend who is a faithful listener. And he said that, uh, Hey, you should have heard TMA today. Kelly Chase was amazing, unbelievable. And I said, yeah, I just met with him. And, and as I began to tell him some of the things that Chaser had said and that I put in the article and I thought were very emotional, he goes, yeah, yeah, he said all that on TMA. You should listen to it. It was oh. really good. We scooped you, didn't we? So, uh, so thanks for thanks for uh, stealing your thunder. The great interview, <laughs> so I can look like I'm mooching off you here. How, how was uh, how was the conversation? Because Chaser loves busting your balls, and I know you guys have a, a good relationship. And uh, I mean, I'm telling you, man, for real, I'm dead serious about this. We've done this thing now for a couple of decades. And I mean, obviously, it's an emotional and a very sad set of circumstances, but for him to talk as vulnerably, I guess would be the best way to describe it, was one of my favorite segments in our show's history, just because I think the world of him, and I know so many people in, in St. Louis and around the NHL and, and beyond think the world of that guy. Yeah, it was it was phenomenal. And I'm going to go back and listen to the, uh, the interview. You guys always do a great job with that. And, and yeah, to answer your question, it was... It was totally different. Like it was, you know, like you said, uh, you go back a, a few years, and he's always busting your balls about everything. I mean, everything. I've told you guys three or four of the stories, and we're sitting at uh, Starbucks, and you know, he's just kind of taking you step by step through, which uh, which he did with you, and uh, just to see, you know, like you said, the vulnerability in his voice. And I looked up to Kelly Chase ever since I was a fifteen year old watching the Blues play. Like I would tune in to to watch 39 throw his fist and, and then to get to know him when you're on the beat and, and see what a nice guy he is and a giving guy. You know, here's a guy who's given to so many charities and helped with so many things, and now he's on the other end of it. And he did say, uh, you know, it's brought to him an awareness that, hey, when you're helping these sick people or underprivileged people, uh, you know, how much it means to them because he can feel the outpouring of support. So um, just a, a great guy. It's so tough to see him in that position and uh, I'm sure you guys did a wonderful job bringing that out. Oh, I appreciate it but Kelly Chase is just one of those guys it doesn't matter how good the interviewer is uh, he's he's just such a great storyteller that he's going to be incredible but in that particular situation I didn't know all those details I don't know how much he's talked about it so your story on The Athletic will be I'm sure you're going to have plenty of stuff because I don't think a lot of people know the the details behind it. I mean, I, di I didn't realize he thought he had gout, and then 90 minutes later, he's being told he has an aggressive form of leukemia. Holy crap! Yeah. You know, I mean, that yeah, is, you don't have, right. that is yeah, you don't have gout, and then to hear those words, and you know, I'm sure he shared some of the details, but bringing the Peloton into the hospital, yeah, yeah. Chris Kerber went to visit with him, and I said, "Kerbs, how's he doing?" This is weeks weeks ago, and he said that uh, he's doing laps around the hospital you know, during the, the treatment 
And he's got the nurse at the front desk with a pen and paper marking down the laps. And every time she misses one, he's yelling, hey, that's seven. <laughs> okay, really, I guess he's marking some more laps. <laughs> oh, that is outstanding. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford with us here every Wednesday, brought to you by the great Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies, online at evergreenstl.com. And you can call him at 314-889-0503. That's Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. JR, I feel like we have reached the tipping point. Maybe we were already here, but with the performance in uh, the last 10 days or so, it's tough to believe that the Blues were in a position to bring a, a potentially a threat to the LA Kings for the seventh wild card spot and establish a larger gap between them and the Predators for the eighth spot on that Saturday game. And now they wake up this morning after losing to Winnipeg 4-2 to last night, six points back of the eighth-place spot in the Western Conference and staring down the Edmonton Oilers in uh, a matter of 12 hours. This is, uh, this is a, a season on the brink. Yeah, all in 10 days, too. As you mentioned, that game against the National Predators at Enterprise Center, you win that game and you go up six points on the Predators. And I think you know, big picture, we all know who this team is and what they're not capable of, but you were in that hunt. And I think to just see in 10 days that kind of disappear to go from potentially being up six points on the Predators to now being six points down. And as you mentioned, the Oilers tonight, Oilers are rested, Blues are coming off a tough loss to, to Winnipeg. You know, this is a precarious position. But like I've been trying to say all along with Doug Armstrong, he knows what kind of team he's got. I don't think that even if they were two points back, that he's going to invest anything here at the trade deadline. Now that they're six points back, maybe do they deal a Marco Scandell at the deadline? You know, I think you know, that could be the case. And then you get a guy like Matt Kessel back up here. But uh, Tim, definitely, uh, the situation looks bleak for the Blues right now. Like you look at six points, and it doesn't seem like much, but you can play, you know, seven hundred hockey uh, for a week or two and make up two of those points. So it's really tough at this point of the season. And do you think that there's a sense if this is a season, if we're at the tipping point, is the is the locker room resilient enough that they could find it in themselves to go on a 700 run? Or do you think that they're the, the locker room is seeing this as well? Are you sensing anything there? Yeah, I think they're they're seeing it, Mark. And that's not to say that they're not going to fight back in, in some of these games, but that Nashville game was the perfect game to have that type of performance, yeah. and, and, and they didn't. And then you go into Detroit, you know, uh, Drew Bannister told them, hey, the start start's going to be all important here, and you're down 3 nothing before you have a, a shot on goal. So the, the way I see this group, I don't see a group that's going to come out of this with a resilience, uh, a resiliency, and and then all of a sudden we're going to be talking about being two points up in a playoff spot here in a couple weeks because uh, they've had those opportunities and they haven't shown it. Where do you think they need the most help right now? Is it as simple as just uh, better offense, scoring more goals? Yeah, and, and I think you know just to look at that, Doug. Uh, this last seven games, they've lost five of them. Uh, they've been outscored 23 to eight in that stretch, and then they've been outscored 10 to two in the first period. So they're they're getting out to those tough yeah. starts like that Detroit game, and then it's just uh, impossible to kind of get back. You see, last night they pull within one, and then they're back down two again. So so scoring is the biggest deal. But honestly, I keep going back to the big picture, and you guys might get tired of hearing it, listeners too. Is that this is what this is? This is a retool. Like we're looking at this team and saying, well, they need this. Well, they need that. Well. 
I think everybody knew that going into the season. You just had to let the season play out and then let Doug do his thing in terms of trying to massage the retool a little bit. So, you know, I, I think that when you watch the team, you know, I just went into the, to the gym, insert your own Jeremy at the gym joke there, but I just went into the gym and, and had three or four people saying they need this and they need that. And, yeah, they do, but, you know, that's what this period is. And, and the Blues haven't gone through this in a long, long time, 10 years, uh, but uh, they're going through it now. Uh, Jeremy Rutherford with us here on TMA. He's presented to you every Wednesday by Mark Hanna of Evergreen Wealth Strategies online at evergreenstl.com. We welcome our audience to send in their two-part questions, 314-881-TMA5, the Jeff Lottman Compass Realty text inbox, J-E-F-F-L-O-T-T-M-A-N-N.com to find Jeff and have him sell your home or help you buy a home. JR, who goes first, Bucci or Cairo? Also, if you haven't yet, I would get those big pancake nipples out in the locker room because that should fire the boys up and we can go win this cup. That's from Mr. Ciders. Are the ciders saying that because today's National Pancake Day? Oh, is that right? Is it really? I didn't know it. Yeah. Special yeah, day for I, I, you. You guys act like I would not know that. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, National Pancake Day. But I try, IHOP's trying to get away with something. They they declared their own National Pancake Day, which was recently, but today is the official day. So if you ever need uh, somebody to tell you when the official day is, ask somebody who's 300 pounds. It, it's today. Oh. Um, yeah. So, so, yeah, no, I am not going to get those out because I do not think that that would fire them up to the level that they need to be fired up. But you said you went to the gym. Which gym and were you wearing yoga pants? Question. <laughs> yeah, they, uh, they have a buffet at this gym that I go to, and uh, I I do have the tight tights on. So Nice. Uh, That's boys. just nice. Mm-hmm. Not Lululemon, but the cheaper version, the Arnold version. Uh, usually I'm more focused on the second questions, but in this case, I know people... Your your comment on a Balloon Party the other day, I'm, I'm a, I would imagine you're aware of this, got uh, the Twitter tweets going and a number of Blues fans groups going because, uh, as I was saying on TMA yesterday and on Balloon Party yesterday, for that matter, somebody like me uh, saying, I really think they should trade Cairo. I think they should trade Buchnevich. I think they will trade Cairo. I think they will trade Buchnevich. I'm, you know, I'm a clown boy, but you saying it and you saying 50 to 60%, that caught people's uh, attention. And, and to be clear, you weren't saying you thought that was going to happen in the next nine days by the deadline, but by the time that no-trade clause kicked in. And I think for some Blues fans, that really surprised them to hear. So let's revisit that now, although I don't know how much changed uh, in, in between Monday and, and this morning, JR. But specific to the upcoming trade deadline, Buchnevich, and then in general, Kairou for the TMA audience who may not have heard you on 101. Yeah, and to be clear, uh, I'm a clown boy too, so we're nice. in the same boat mm. there, but... Uh, you know, with, with Buchnevich, I just think it's going to come down to the, you know, something that's pretty obvious is, uh, do you get wild with an offer between now and March 8th? It's possible, but do you expect it? You know, probably not. You know, it's tough for a cap team, a contending team to fit a $5.8 million cap hit, even though it's lesser now at the end of the season into the fold. Uh, but if they did do it, they would get two playoff runs out of the player, uh, Buchnevich, this year and next year. So, you know, I wouldn't anticipate that happening, um, but I do think it's possible in the off season. And with regard to Cairo, and, and yeah, when you mention 50%, 60% chance that a player could get traded before, you know, a year from now, 2025, when his no trade kicks in, you know, I think it does set off a little bit of alarm bells. You know, I think the situation with Cairo and I always go back to Doug Armstrong. What has he done in the past? When he sees an issue, 
he tries to address it no matter how big it is. You look back at some of the things he's done. He traded Eric Johnson, the number one overall pick. He said, you know, I don't see the player there that uh, everybody sees or wants to see, and, and he moved him. And, and I think uh, we've seen other situations throughout the year where Doug Armstrong has taken drastic action to alter the core of his team, and I can see him doing that with uh, with Jordan Cairo. The key here in all this, and this goes back to the timing, you know, could it be done before the deadline? I don't think so in a million years. Could it be done before the, the no trade kicks in in 2025? You know, it's possible. But the thing is, if he's not playing well, other teams are going to see that too. They already see it. So then it becomes, you know, how little in return are the Blues getting back for a Jordan Cairo? How much, how badly do they want to move him on? And I think that's what it'll eventually come down to. Couldn't a comparable for Cairo be like a Jonathan Huberdo who had so, so, so many points in Florida and he was able to fetch Matthew Kachuk? Uh, yeah, and no, look at his performance uh, yeah. now. I mean, I feel like that's kind of a comparable in a trade. Yeah, a talented player with a ton, a ton of points. You know, he was doing it in, in uh, Florida with the Barkov and, and those guys. And, you know, now he's on the other side of 30, and he's got that eight-year contract as well that he signed with Calgary. So he's going to be a guy who's into that mid to late 30s uh, with that contract. So you're right in terms of, you know, potential talent and the skill and some of the points he's put up. But definitely an older guy who we've seen uh, maybe he's on a decline because he hasn't played well uh, the past couple years. Yeah, I would think Cairo could fetch something along those lines, given his what he's been able to yeah. do in the past and his potential. Uh, hey, Jay, yeah, that would, go ahead, that I'm would sorry. depend on if they wanted to go into a uh, you know an older type, you know, win-now type mentality as opposed to what it seems like they're doing to go into these younger guys. Right. Uh, let's see. Uh, good morning, JR. Yes, it's a retool. However, Jordan Cairo is supposed to be a pillar of the retool. What in the world are we going to do with him? That's why this is a major, major problem. That's from Harrison's brother, Master. Mm. Yeah, and that's the thing, guys, is the uh, salary cap's at 83 now. I think it's going to go up to, what, like 88 next year, and it'll probably go up the year after, too. So it's going to rise. So that $8.125 million that Jordan Cairo has, that salary cap hit, is a big one. It's going to look a little bit smaller as that cap rises, but it's still going to be a good chunk of change. And especially if you're in a retool, you know, what is ownership going to approve in terms of the budget? Uh, you know, are the Blues going to continue to uh, increase their salary when, as the salary cap goes up? You don't know that answer right now. You know, Tom Stillman, Doug Armstrong haven't talked about that. So we'll find out. But either way, you know, 8.125 is nothing to sneeze at. Like, And if you've got a top six spot spoken for with Cairo and you can't move him, you know, it's one less talented guy that you can bring in and, and try to help you. So. You know, all this isn't meant to bang on Cairo on his nights. Like, he's a good player, but we've just seen too much inconsistency. And with that big ticket and with that long term, it's hard to envision a deal where you could get back equal value and even find a a suitor at this point uh, based on what we've seen here in St. Louis. Don't want to overplay that game against the Red Wings so much, but I also think another comparable, I mean, the ceiling on somebody like Cairo is uh, Patrick Kane the guy that has so much talent, and he really goes out and displays it, especially right off the bat. So uh, the the hope for a guy like a Cairo, now it's harder at age 25, is that he sees what Patrick Kane does, especially right in his face, and is able to turn it around. Do you think that that's a fair ceiling comparable, or is that maybe uh, going too far? Yeah, Mark, no, I, I think that, you know, early in Jordan Cairo's career when you saw the flash you saw the speed like this is a guy who could become a star in the league you know obviously it's kind of apples and oranges when you look at 
at uh, Kane, a number one overall pick. Like those are generational players. He's right in the conversation for best American player in history. You know, Kyrou's second round pick, and you know, takes him two or three years to get to the league. So different situation there. But I think in terms of the potential talent that could have been there, maybe if you have the work ethic of a uh, of a Patrick Kane or guys like Kane, even if you look at some of the second round picks, you know, where, where maybe Jordan Kyrou was selected in the draft. Um, there's the potential to be there. You know, you just kind of want to see the the work ethic and the desire to be that guy. And we've seen that desire from Kane for you know a decade plus. And you know, I don't know that we've seen that same desire here with Cairo. All the hockey talk is great, but I can't get past the pink leggings you're wearing at the gym. Do you have a cute top to go with that? <laughs> Cut that off. <laughs> I don't have a, a top, and even if I did have have a good one, uh, I, I doubt it'd be cute. Oh, darn it. I did have a hockey follow-up. If we're trying to replace a a, a pillar, couldn't you go, again, old? You could go old school. You could bring back some some pillars, uh, some guys that could replace that value, but with uh, probably a lower price tag. You could even... Bring back two. You could have a Denny Felsner and a Nelson Emerson. <laughs> That's what the Cardinals are doing? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Who's the be? other? Tony McKegney? Some bad idea. Some bad idea. Number Tony 10. Tony Some bad idea. Big number 18. <laughs> uh, double overtime against the Blackhawks. Was that 89? Oh, yeah. I think something he had like four that. goals I don't know in a playoff ago. game, too. I think that might be it. Uh, Jared, before we let you go, by the way, uh, I wanted to get your uh, perspective on where things sit with Drew Bannister. What do you think's going on there? Yeah, actually, I've thought about that uh, here in the last 24 hours. Um, you know, it, it's it's a situation where, you know, I, th- I, th- I think that he's done a lot with what he's been given. I think that his ability to hold players accountable like he's done with Buchnevich, Kyrie Thomas, has been, I think, you know, very good to see. Uh, fans like to see that stuff. Whoever is the full-time coach, you want to see that from that guy. I just look at the lack of success here down the stretch and I wonder if Doug Armstrong is thinking to himself, you know, we can hire this guy. He can probably do a pretty good job. But the unknown of are we going to be hiring a coach, a new coach, in two years because we just don't know with this person, you know, I don't. Doug Armstrong cannot put himself in a position to be doing that in two years. He can't. So I think he's got to be 100% sure. And I think in order to be 100% sure, you probably have to go with somebody who has experience. And I say that with all the respect in the world, you know, for Drew Bannister, getting to know him a little bit, knowing what he's about, what he's trying to accomplish, and what he can do with this team. I just wonder if Doug Armstrong knows, okay, if I want to turn this thing around and I want to leave on a good note, Tim, he's talked about that. I want to leave uh, in a better position than when I got here with this franchise. I just feel like he's going to have – if he's going to think to himself – He's got to bring in a guy with a lot of NHL experience. We've seen that trend with some teams this year, uh, and they've turned things around, and, and, and I feel like Doug Armstrong might be leaning towards that way. That's based on nothing. He doesn't tell anybody what he's thinking. I'm just looking at the situation and saying, okay, if Drew Bannister rallied this team in the playoffs and they won a round, I think he's got a pretty good shot. But I think in the case that, the, that they're in right now, Doug Armstrong's probably going to opt for uh, you know probably something bigger where he knows there's a little bit of a uh, – uh, you know, a situation where he can count on, on the guy moving forward. Let me uh, follow up with this. Uh, Jim Montgomery, of course, was with the Blues. I know you developed a rapport with him. He uh, won the Jack Adams last year, and the situation in Boston has been 
a little chaotic here as of late, uh, even though the Bruins had a ridiculous regular season last year and they're having another good one this year. Uh, do you think that there would be any potential for him to come to St. Louis? Yeah, well, I guess, you know, if you look at it uh, from the perspective of if things don't go well in Boston, but they have gone well, and, you know, I'm sure if you had another upset in the first round of the playoffs, then they'd revisit that. But uh, as you mentioned, just things have gone so well in, in the regular season. And if that playoff last year was a fluke and, and you know, they do well this year, then, you know, I think uh, they would continue to stick together in Boston. But, yeah, the, the one thing Doug Armstrong does do is he's kept a great relationship with people, including a Jim Montgomery. Whenever people leave St. Louis, you know, half the time I hear about them going out to lunch. Heck, you got Craig Ruby scouting. You got Ken Hitchcock came back. Like, those are all solid relationships. So if that opportunity existed, for sure Doug Armstrong could and would pursue it. I just don't know that that would be an option. Yeah, it could be a, a tough spot for either way. I mean, you got the, the, the pressure on in both markets uh, with the, with a good chance that the Bruins and Leafs face each other in the first round. So you're going to have a, a banty bunch of fans uh, there, if be, if those two teams meet, because one of them is going to be gone after the first round, and if the Bruins have another great regular season with a disappointment playoff, I'd be I'd be curious. Just because there's some stuff going on with the Bruins right now, and then you got the tie-in with uh, with Montgomery and St. Louis. So, yeah, if if he is going to pivot away from Bannister to a more established coach, that that would be one. And in uh, Montgomery with the St. Louis ties, so I wanted to see what you thought on that. Yeah, for sure. And I'm not saying Keith is that uh, established guy, but if Boston were to win that first round series, you know, and Toronto acts as Sheldon Keith, and uh, he might be a guy that, that could interest some teams around the league, including the Blues. There you go, Doug. Look at that. Okay. We're breaking things down here. What do you think about that? And the guy's got pancake nipples and Lululemons in I Jefferson just, it, County? If you don't have a cute top to go with the leggings, you're spinning your wheels. I, I agree with you, but the only thing is find me the world's cutest top, I'll put it on, and it won't be cute. <laughs> that off. says you. Don't sell yourself yeah, exactly. short. Yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll decide what we're attracted yeah. to in here. We like yeah, thick yeah. men. <laughs> I I okay, hundred bucks. hundred bucks for Iggy to stick around. I'm sorry, we're over well 1.3 million for him to go. So at this <laughs> point, I don't know if that hundred's going to resonate. Uh, Jr., thank you so much. See you, boys. There he is. Uh, I thank you, Rutsy. And he's in an uncute top. Yeah. Out at Gosh. the Jefferson County 24-hour fitness with pink leggings. That's right. It's got to play well there. Again, do you think the athletic has a dress code? It would have to be rather low, just in general. Doug, what do you call them? The ink-stained wretches? <laughs> yeah, that's the sports writers are ink-stained wretches. They probably all work from home now, days, don't they? They go to the game and then they go home. Yeah. I imagine. Well, JR was, he was in Winnipeg last night, flew back to work out at the 24-hour mm-hmm. fitness in Jefferson County, and then he's heading up to Alberta. He's got to show himself off. Yeah. So that's what he does. That's yeah. the commitment to both his his craft, but also his fitness routine. I can't imagine there's very many people going into like the post dispatch anymore. Are there? Is there any reason to really? Um, I imagine they all write at home, I would work think. the phones, and well, especially in that business where they're trying to cut every dollar that they can yeah. to have that real estate. It's uh-huh. got to be really expensive. I would thank you. Yeah. Uh, didn't mean to make a downtown reference there. Sorry. Well, you did. <laughs> and it hurts. Mark Hanna is with Evergreen Wealth Strategies, and he's with us right now, and he's freshly shorn, Doug. You yes. Like that? Freshly shorn, Freshly Mark. shorn. Yeah. I, I'm going to go back to yesterday's interview. Just the greatest comments. And and what I was thinking about, about it is, yes, it's Kelly Chase, and he has that charisma, and he has that ability to draw people in in any situation. But I... It, all credit to him 
we've all seen and witnessed when people go through life challenges. He's using his platform as an opportunity, irrespective of what he's taking on, which you can hear in his voice what he's, that he is dealing with a lot of emotion about it. But rather than looking inward, what a compliment to the man who's using it as an opportunity to do, to do good elsewhere. Um, I, it was, you said on Balloon Party, it was one of your favorite segments. And as a listener listening to it, it, it was hard to listen to, but you couldn't turn it off. And it's to, 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 for somebody, I've been, I lost my father to cancer. I lost one of my best friends to cancer. I've witnessed this before to think he's using this as an opportunity to make such a massive difference in the world. I'm on cloud nine just thinking about it wow. and my hat's off to him in such a, such an incredible way. Couldn't agree more. That's mm -hmm. a great way to characterize it. Um, because you know, he, he went out of his way a couple of different times to say both he and Rayla and his wife, uh, don't want to know the numbers, as in his circumstance, and it's an aggressive form of leukemia, as in what, you know, they give you percentages, uh, you know, whatever whatever they may be. Never tell him the odds. And he said, don't tell me the odds because my percentage is going to be different than somebody else's, and my level of pain tolerance is going to be different than somebody else's. Not to say that that it's because I'm something special, but it's just I, what I did for a living. So it's just uh, we're, we're built differently. And then furthermore, psychologically, what's it matter? I got I to gotta deal with it. But either way, you know he's in a battle. He just completed his third round of chemotherapy. He has two more to go. One, The final one will take place two days after that game on April 5th. And you can get tickets for it on Ticketmaster now. Um, but that even in the face of that, Mark, he is working his ass off to put this game together to benefit both the Jimmy V Foundation and Siteman. And with respect to Siteman, I think a lot of it is the, the gratitude he has for what he has received from the staff there, which anybody who has been in there raves about. And then he oh, talked about the great fortune we have in St. Louis to have Siteman here, along with we really do have incredible medical treatment relative to other cities, some bigger than St. Louis and obviously some smaller. But also... Uh, because he sees how sick most of the people are around him in comparison. And so he's seeing that firsthand because he's doing those laps around each day. And, uh, and it gives you an idea of the kind of guy he is. And that's why so many people are affected by this, because they respect him so much. That was on full display yesterday. Chemotherapy is designed to destroy your body. And... It's not, look, it, there's going to be a finish line for all of us. Here's a guy who's saying, it's not about the finish line for me. It's about, I am dealing with this now. We all deal with things in life. I'm dealing with this now. I'm feeling this pain right now, but I'm not going to stop Jimmy V. Mm. Don't give up. He's not going to give up. He's just going to keep on going. There's a message there for whatever people are going through in life. Keep going. Keep getting back up. And... W whether it be something spiritual that's motivating you to do that, whether it be your family that's motivating you, a greater purpose for your community, whatever it is. I just, I think of that journey that he's on and using that where he reached out to you. He said, hey, can I come in and do this? Mm -hmm. 
He just barged through the door is what he did. <laughs> I would expect nothing less. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give him room if he comes on in. He's better than me. But to, and, and to see him at that game, and you saw him on the screen, and wow, it's yeah. striking. You talked about how people reacted and scared for him. Yeah. But again, he's not backing down. He's not giving right. up. And what a great message of wherever you are, whatever you're dealing with. I, I'm, my heart's aglow for it, and yeah. it's aching, and... I love that he's doing it. He's the best, man. I yeah. can't. I, I appreciate that. Uh, I'm glad that it resonated with the audience like it did. Um, I'm so grateful that he wanted to come in because I know if somebody comes in, that means they're they're going to go, so to speak. Yeah. And uh, he certainly did. So thank you, brother. I appreciate yeah. that. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it's the great Mark Hanna, Evergreen Wealth Strategies. Well, Strategies. thank you, EvergreenSTL.com. Bye, the boys. There he is, See Mark ya. Hanna, freshly shorn. He's coming back with freshly a beard next week, though. Shorn. Yeah. Jackson's mad about. Well, thank you, Hansy. Me and Mark shaving. Yeah, yeah. I'm not old enough to do that yet. <laughs> uh, send your emails in Design Air Heating and Cooling email of the day. We'll have a full one for you since we didn't do it yesterday. And then Jackson and I will deal with the situation down the hallway. We are going to be fine. We appreciate your concern. Yeah, get we will be it. fine. Jackson, let Doug know what's coming up because he's going to podcast it while he flies to the uh, Hamptons today. Yeah. Jackson! Doug, has anybody seen Jackson? Jackson! Anybody seen my nurse? He, maybe he's out there with Hansy. Uh, nurse? Jackson! Hey, what's up, fellas? Oh, what's where, up, guys? Satellite where delay. Were uh, I was giving some love to Mark Hanna. Okay, I figured. It's my guy. Oh, okay. What's, uh, what was the uh, question? Gosh. Doug wanted to know what's coming up on Balloon Party. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Wide Birth Wednesday. Yeah, well, I'm glad oh, that you you're... you look at the show notes? I'm glad you're getting with week. the program at this point, Doug. Okay. So, uh, yeah, plenty to talk about. Looking forward to where the conversation goes. <laughs> That's no tease. I, I think it's a great tease. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I don't know. It's like really. a it's like a mix, it's like a trail mix, you know. You might pull Ooh. out an M&M or a Coming cashew. Coming up next on Balloon Party, we'll see where the conversation <laughs> goes. Stay with us. That's it? That was a good tease. I'm going to cut bad. that right now. Send it to writer. Not bad. Uh, send your emails in. Design air heating and cooling email today. Coming your way in about 10 minutes. T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com. Only today's show and tomorrow's show left in the month of February. So... We got Buck Soap and Kevin Miller tied at four apiece. Blueberry Pop Pop, Flocky the Smurf, JV Golf Coach, all still eligible with two wins apiece, but they got to win today and tomorrow to force a sudden death playoff on Friday. KG and O-Town will be in while Doug is vacationing in the Hamptons. And then Jackson and I will return for QFTR, first one since this past Friday. Send your emails in, T. McKernan at InsideSTL.com, T-M-C-K-E-R-N-A-N at InsideSTL.com. Anything and everything is welcome, and we will do that at about... 
Oh, I see 1130. Uh, Doug, I think we have a sales meeting at 11 o'clock, but I don't think it's going to be like an hour-long sales meeting. So, Jackson, you'll upload Balloon Party, then we'll come in here, and we're going to get it on. Oh. On YouTube.com slash TMA. STL. EDF gets it on for you. Do you want to support the EDF group as a sponsor of TMA? It's real simple. Do you have a fire extinguisher for your work? The answer is yes, you certainly do. So please email the EDF group at fire at the edfgroup.com so a technician can come out and explain to your team how the EDF group can save your company money. Again, that email address is fire at the edfgroup.com. The EDF group is Hyatt and will prevent your facility from having Hyatt fires. Experience the EDF group difference. Learn more at the EDF group. Dot com and think about it. Doug, you're pissed we didn't get to the Cavs call of Max Russ's... Hell yeah. I saw the video. I'd like to hear the call. Yeah, sure. Right. Here it is. Hit the lever, Plowsy. I got you, Doug. This is the Cavs call. Plowsy, hit, hit, hit the Cavs lever. Mavs. This is Cavs. Pass deflected by Mobley, but grabbed by Doncic. Doncic bounced underneath the PJ, and he laid it in with 2.6 to go. Cavs out of timeout. Struess into Mobley. Back to Max. Half-court shot. Good! God, he is it. Can't win. This place is going crazy. How about that? <laughs> now, right. on the other hand, you have the Mavericks broadcasters response. Okay, I'd like to hear that too. Hit the lever, right. please, Plowsy. Go ahead, hit the lever. And Luca comes away with it. Six seconds, five seconds, underneath Washington. A great finish. City. He shot that too, like it was a free throw or he something. Did. It looked like it was going in all the way. It was nuts. Yeah, it's like Rip Hamilton on College Game Day this yeah. past Saturday. It's like he hasn't played and God only knows how long. They're up there at UConn, half court. Yeah, right there. Yeah, Struess was playing like the rent was due with the last two minutes. Would oh, you like okay, that? Bring no, that for the Sports Center update. That. Bring that for the Sports Center update. He's playing his ass off. That was a great. <laughs> Where did he uh, play in college? I don't remember him. He is. Uh, he was like I think really. Under like a small, small ass school. Max Struess, of course, Doug, uh, eventually played for DePaul. He's from Hickory oh. Hills, Illinois. Where's that? We gotta have him on. It's a suburb of Chicago. Is it? Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, what's it gonna be like when the T Wolves go up against the Cavs in the NBA Finals? Uh, Anthony Edwards might have popped his Achilles last night, Uh-oh. so I'd be a little concerned on that. But the Cavs are red hot. Shout out to the Cavaliers and all my Cavalier fans. Yeah. Denver have a shot to repeat? Sure. You got Jokic on your team. You always got a shot. Okay, don't scold me. I'm not trying to. I'm just trying to get your expert opinion. Someone would rather watch that than the (laughs) Miracle on Ice. That's right. What's going on in Milwaukee is what has people really concerned. What's going on up there? They've won three straight. That's a red-hot team. They've hired Doc Rivers. Defense hasn't improved. Dame seems to be, I don't know. Well, what's going on with this couple getting married in a gas station men's bathroom also has people <laughs> oh, concerned. Take a listen, Dale. Oh, gosh. Oh, Deliver, please, Plowsy. Sorry, I didn't know if we were going to get We have audio of that. It was broadcast. <laughs> I didn't know if we were going to get to it or not. Play your favorite. It's a rest stop, a gas station, and now a wedding venue. Yeah, a local couple. They tied the knot last week at a northern Kentucky hop shop. Brenda Ordonez spoke to the newlyweds. She is live from the spot where they said, I do. We could only guess where you are. <laughs> 
Well, Trisha, Megan, I'm in the <laughs> men's bathroom at the Verona Hop Shops, and it was here between these bathroom stalls that Logan and Tiana Abney promised each other forever. Now, you may be thinking there's a couple more romantic spots than this, but for this unconventional couple, this spot was perfect. I wanted something a little different. Didn't want to just get married in a typical chapel or, you know, go to the church. You know, I wanted something fun to tell my kids. Something funny, a good experience. And that's when Hop Shop's employee, Tiana Abney, had a crazy idea. She was like, the Hop Shop, at the Hop Shop, and I'm like, well, I don't seem too bad. And she's like, the bathroom. And I'm like, well, that's kind of cool, too. Now, this is no ordinary bathroom. In fact, it recently gained popularity for its disco-centric scene. They got a button in every hop shop. You push it, the disco lights come on, and music plays. This feature was enough for groom Logan Abney to get on board. I always was heard it don't matter where you get married at, it's just the person you're with. So, surrounded by family, friends, co-workers, and even customers, 23-year-old Tiana walked down the slushy aisle on Valentine's Day. Seeing her in her wedding dress, she looked beautiful. It was just an emotional day. I was a nervous wreck. <laughs> I don't know why, because I knew we were going to get married. You know, I didn't, I guess I just thought something was going to go wrong. But nothing did go wrong in that small gray restroom. Wow. It's the live shot you hope you never have to do. I'm reporting live from the men's room at a gas what station. What about that 270 overpass during a winter storm? Yeah, that'd be even worse. You'd be outside. How about the guy's syntax when he said, it doesn't matter. I didn't like matter. that. You suppose there was anyone in there using the restroom while this was going on? What about when she was doing the live report? I mean, yeah, it's tough. Yeah. Uh, Caleb Mandrake's stepdad says, I don't know why I was surprised that all the fat losers who mm. listen to this show didn't believe my story about pegging. Hoover more calories. And Iggy, shut up. Thanks. That's Caleb Mandrake's stepdad. Iggy hasn't been in the <laughs> studio in like an hour. <laughs> I've been out since 9 o'clock. Mm. But I'll shut up. What is wrong with people? I don't know. Not him. The people getting married in restaurants? Yeah. Let's, we wanted something different. Oh, you can find something different than a bathroom at a quick trip. Don't you know they called every TV station in town saying, hey, we're getting married in the bathroom. Hey, you might want to come out. We're getting married in the bathroom. Please, look at us. And she didn't even introduce it right. And shop owner had a great idea. Well, she came to me, said you wanted to have it here. I said, great idea. You disagree with her. You don't have an hmm. idea. There's nothing better than reading your vows to your ride or die whilst looking over to the stall and watching a Hoosier giving himself an aneurysm forcing out a twice-cooked helmet nacho log into oh. a pungent bowl of vegetable broth. Doug, that's oh. from Deke Gosh. You got time, Dodum. Get one together. As we sat on the stool, his brine starting to leak, and we heard, do you take this woman to be your mm. bride? Oh, that got me even more excited. This is chocolatey fudge. Okay, that's enough. So naughty. Susie, do you take Bill? No, we don't there need the sound. sounds. We don't need the sound. <laughs> Perfect for Gilstrap. I mean, come on. Something to tell our kids. We got married in a crapper. Isn't this what you do if it was like your fifth or sixth wedding? And That's you're just you're... really looking for a, a laugh and <laughs> <some> attention? <laughs> I mean, the girl's parents wouldn't have gone along with it if it had been their, their daughter's first wedding, right? <laughs> We're taking photos outside of our favorite gas station for our wedding photos. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. I mean, I can married in it.
Conoco on Kings Highway? Conoco Kings Highway. Hell yeah. The Zamani family represent. <laughs> they just had a Chuck or yeah, Chuck's Hot Chicken open up right next door. The old Ooh, uh, I love me some Chuck's Plowhawk. Did they really open one right there on Kings it Highway? It literally just opened, Jackson. It's fire oh. as all hell, dude. I might it's be getting it today. I was thinking about it about 10 minutes ago. This is so, so serendipitous, Doug. Oh, my God. Oh, the Chuck's Hot Chicken fries will pawn your hole. Yeah, we got uh, the cheese curds. Dip just those. a nice texture. The cheese curds with the aioli sauce, Doug, it don't play. Oh, uh, flat out sauce. does not play. <laughs> aioli, not areola. That would be a lactation, wouldn't it? I think yeah. so. Is that that I don't think it, the FDA is not going to approve <laughs> Areola sauce. sauce. <laughs> did they have a disco theme in there? They did not, but I love that gas station. We've been going there for a long time. You get all You're my drinks. You're really going to have your pictures taken? 100%. They got That's cool. so good. They At got your cool. wedding? It could be my wedding photos. So, like, it'll and be engagement photos. <laughs> Absolutely. We're going to Donut Drive-In, represent the McKernans. I love Donut Drive-In. Go in Thank there you. every week. Take one so, to Normandy? I, I, that's actually not a bad idea. We're going to do that and uh, I think O'Connell's as well. Just a couple of Ooh, St. Louis that's a nice hot play too. spots. Oh, here's some good to. spots you're going to. Mm -hmm. The bathroom is a hot spot? Peacemaker, for sure, went there last mm. week. And I take a photo out there because absolutely my favorite restaurant in St. Louis. So all those, Doug, and the gas station is included. Got cool neon lights, so in the evening, it's going to look awesome. Gaming machines in there. We don't know. I don't know if we're going to go in, but we may just, uh, we won't feel it by air, but we know the owners very well there, so. This going to be between the wedding and the reception? No, it's going to be our engagement photos. Oh. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, uh, we didn't do design air, heating, and cooling's email the day yesterday because of our extended interviews with both Ed Herman and Kelly Chase. But we want to give it a good wide berth today, so we will do it now before Jackson and I go down the hallway and deal with the situation called Balloon Party on 101 ESPN. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for the design air, heating, and cooling email of the day! God bless Chaser, most inspirational man I have ever heard. Now to the stupid email I wrote yesterday. Tim looked exceptionally, exceptionally handsome today. His flawless facial features reminded me that perfection is possible. What's the email about? Aaron Neville, not so much. Most people think that big old growth on his forehead is a birthmark. It's actually a prominent vein. But this email is about the weather. My bird feeder had a ton of activity this AM. That tells me it finna be windy. The animals are getting ready to hunker down, and I've always been fascinated with animals. Ever since that time I went to Noah's Ark and saved Charles, first time I ever heard a man smoke another man's sausage. No. Uncle Skip's drinking buddy Tony's cousin Kippy was in town, kind of a doofus, big old Fred Flintstone head and feet, but had a serious game, a simple plan, go after the ugliest guy in the crowd because they have low self-esteem and they will do anything to sexually sassify you. Lo and behold, there was Kippy making out with the dishwasher, a real uggo. Took him up to Tony's conversion van. No windows meant no audience and no cries for help could be heard. Or so he thought. Tony had some lawn chairs, so we all sat in the parking lot listening to those squishy noises. Then muffled sounds of a cry for help. Later, Kippy popped out with a smile on his face, then dropped some knowledge. You miss 100% of the money shots you don't take. And then the guy came out with his hideous face drenched with Kippy's yabba gabba goo. Oh. First name's Philip, and then his last name is Hisbet. Philip, he's beat. He's beat. And young. 
Ken calling something lazy, then sharply inhaling into the mic whilst Doug, Tim, and Plow explained the importance of said thing was a core memory. Thanks. That's number one Asian intern Brian Henshin, a.k.a. ASMR Ting Ting 2.0. Find me on YouTube, subscribe, and tickle that bell for notifications to receive early access to my next whisper vid, wherein I whisper through the transcript of that one middle-aged sad's unhinged 25-minute video on the pin that no one, and I mean absolutely no one, asked for. The sads have run amok. Oh. Hashtag creepy. Doug, did you see a no. transcript of a middle-aged sad's unhinged 25-minute video? Sorry I missed it, but missed it I did. Brian <laughs> Henshin. Anyong is Caleb Mandrake's stepdad, actually the bang-bang guy. Any hoodles, I think he was itching for a suspension, hearkening back to callers of yore. And for that, he has nothing to hang his head about, but his bit face-planted, and he made a complete ass of himself. Pivoting off that topic, I'd let you peg me, Mr. Tim. You can dress up like Doug or wear an oversized Missy Elliott carrying the stench of stale smoke. Jacket, whatever you want, boo. I just want you inside of me. Oh. Thanks, and Doug, I want you to think about that. That's from number one Asian intern Brian Henshin, but your wife knows him better as Ken Play, the sexy sexologist from down South Dakota way. Brian Henshin, point two. No email of the day yesterday, so save this one for today. What was my favorite moment from the show yesterday you know i can't pick just one so here's my mount rushmore george washington the guy who wears it like a badge of honor that he proudly discarded trash on the airport floor because he knew a lowly janitor could come by to pick it up and just needed a polite knowing bow from his asian neighbor to justify ransacking his apartment couldn't wrap his brain around why someone would rake a bunker when they quote didn't have to my Abe Lincoln, Doug admiring that his kink is necrophilia, soon followed by Jackson faintly yelling Helen Mirren into the abyss with absolutely no reaction or acknowledgement for the next 30 to 45 seconds. Luckily, Tim threw a yellow life preserver and brought it back up. William Howard Taft. William Howard Taft's on Mount Rushmore? I didn't no, he no, he is not. The B-Craw discussion. You know what they say, if you've got two approaching 40 left-handed bench guys who were all-stars in the Obama administration, you've got none. <laughs> Jimmy Carter. Jimmy Carter's on Mount Rushmore? No, he's not there either. Peanut farmer. <laughs> when the biggest badass to play professional sports in this city burst into the pisser-adjacent hostage booth and immediately began accosting everyone and intimidated the title sponsor into leaving immediately, which actually ended up being great because the vulnerable, heartfelt, emotional discussion that followed was some of the most riveting or captivating audio radio I've ever heard in a long time. What a terrible read by me. Mm. Keep fighting, 39. That's from Blueberry Pop Pop. Blueberry Pop Pop. Last fall, I had a misconnection, and I was wondering if you guys could help me out. I attended a Nipper Middle School fundraiser square dance with my brother-in-law and father-in-law, and the night started out a little slow until I had to unleash the beast in the men's room. Oh. As I was standing at the urinal looking down, I noticed an alligator skin cowboy boot with spurs tapping like the dickens. So I started to tap, and wouldn't you know it, this absolute stud of a man walked out of the stall wearing a cowboy hat, flannel, and some wranglers that were so tight it looked like he had to jump off his roof to get into them. Oh. That's what people do, they jump off the roof. No, they don't. He walked over and whispered into my ear, do you want to make like a tree and get out of here? I have a white LeBaron convertible in the parking lot. 
He had a beautiful smell of Stetson and Arnold Palmer's, so I couldn't say no. <laughs> Unfortunately, when I went out to tell my father-in-law I was going to leave with a man, he had a few questions, and I couldn't find the stud's car in the parking lot. He must have left. Please let me know, Doug, if you were at that fundraiser. Thanks. That's Grimy from South County. Grimy from South County. The T- I, I did not make that fundraiser. The TMA fan page has a real situation on its hands here, folks. Jackson is getting dragged for liking Oh Brother, Where Out Thou? Jackson is also getting criticized for liking <laughs> basketball. And hold on, Jackson is getting dragged some more for not appreciating a hockey game that happened 44 years ago. Leave Pringle alone, damn it. Oh. He's catching enough heat from those rec league refs. He doesn't need to be judged by unemployed <laughs> dumbs on a social media site dedicated to a show that routinely struggles to actually broadcast over the air. Another fan page news, someone chugging Ice House beers. No. Are Ice House beers still around? I don't know. I don't have them. Uh, Ice House beers. Someone chugging Ice House beers. Hold on a second. I've Write a better place. sentence before you send <laughs> know, it this in. This is on me. This is on me. Uh, hold on. Another fan page news, someone chugging Ice House beers. Thought it would be a good idea to post a quick little 13-minute... <laughs> Drunken diet drive on the Supreme Court. <laughs> I don't see that. What's he upset about? God love him, the fella clearly has a big heart. But I thought I stumbled upon the Rob show for a minute. In fan page Sex News, a 61-year-old realtor keeps posting pictures of his crotch. Oh. But this doesn't even crack the current top five most memorable things happening on Facebook. Not to be outdone, one of the three females on the page posted a picture of her barely concealed bosom nearly spilling out of a sports bra. So, yeah, I guess you could say the fan page is really hitting its stride. Sadly, the Bang Bang Niner Gang dude is a distant memory at this point, which is a real shame. Here is my prediction. Someone will post pictures of their naked dong or gaping brown hole in the next few weeks. The TMA fan page will ultimately be shut down entirely sometime in the next six months. However, there is one man sitting alone in his Maryland Heights masturbatorium who can save us. One man can make the fan page great again. Come on, Iggy, do the right thing and reclaim your throne as the king of the fan pin. Our entire survival rests on your injured shoulder. That's in the yeah. JV Golf Coach. How Iggy, about it? What do you think? What are you saying? No, I'm kind of glad they don't have to go on there and see naked, tatted up boobs with star for attention. What if it were to save the fan page by you going on there? What about there's, there's the Ice House video? There's nothing to save that page. There's nothing you do to save that page. Put that in the skeleton. 100% with Iggy. Well, I'm sorry to hear that. Morning, guys. And whoever sat in Iggy's vacant seat for the 9 o'clock hour, was that another new producer or the new Gino or something? <laughs> Anyways, I'm here at Normandy for the free round of golf I won from text of the day in 2019 when Pete <laughs> refused to include postage on the T-shirt I won. So he said to meet at it, the oldest and roughest putt-putt course the side of the Mississippi on this date as an alternative prize. He mentioned we'd all be playing together, so I'm assuming you guys are running late or maybe Plowsy is firing off another round of mud missiles in the single-shooter bathroom, you guys have attached to your podcast litter box studio. <laughs> I guess just let me know. Thanks, that's Gus Grundlehort. Tilly yeah. is scrapbooking in Alton today with her girlfriends and Calvin May. <laughs> 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 Probably going to take a couple photos of skiing squirrels and an eagle at lunchtime. <laughs> Gus Grundlehort. Gus 
Grundlehorn. And I hope to see a picture of me and my friends, the Grundlehorns. <laughs> and finally, ours is the type of presentation where listeners feel free to drop in at any time and regale us with secondhand tales of getting pegged by a lass wearing khakis and a dress shirt. You think Caleb Mandrake's stepdad woke up this morning and looked at himself in the mirror and said, Today, today is the day. I assume he'll win Lister of the Month, and by this time next month, he'll be posting extended nonsensical monologues to the fan page while he pounds Bud Ice. Mm. I must, I, there must be a video What's on the, the fan page. Bud Ice? I don't know. I thought it was Ice House. Is it Bud Ice? I don't know what it is. Sure Remember Bud, Bud Dry? Remember there Bud used to Dry? be a Bud yeah. Ice a long time ago. I don't I think make it anymore. Oh, it'll be a fly on the wall in the meeting where Cooking with Ken is pitched to Hubbard Radio. So it's a cooking show where the host says he doesn't need to get paid. As long as Hubbard makes money, he He's happy. Sometimes Ken has a female co-host behind the camera who showcases Ken's decorative butt plug and dildo collection prominently displayed at his living room. Ken explains that she's just his lady friend and he's never banged her, but not for lack of trying. And when she complains it's warm in the kitchen, Ken will often suggest she take her clothes off. Typically, there's a smoke break out in the patio where Ken bitches about his immigrant neighbors. And if we're lucky, there's an awkward conversation with someone walking their dog. Now, if you'll excuse me, I need to get out of here and get home to clear my browser history in case my niece's husband comes over and uses my computer. I don't want him to know about my searches for Min Woo Lee OnlyFans leaks and all the ladyboy videos I watch when they pop up on XNXX.com. I don't care if he sees my realistic penis dildos with veins and stuff, but he sees what kind of porn I publicly admit to watching on a daily basis. Then I'll think I'm some kind of pervert. Doug, that's Buck Swope. And that's what we have for the Design Air Heating and Cooling email today. Buck Swope. There were a number of them that were pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's what happens. I'm going to go right back to the beginning. Philip Hisbit gets my vote. My vote. Philip? Yeah, I had him checked, uh, and I didn't check anybody else after that, so Kevin Miller can Kevin Miller's taking a one-goal lead on Buck Swope, and he heads into leap day with Mm. the lead. How amazing is it that if this were a normal year, Kevin Miller would have just won the the month? It's really, truly amazing. And now, instead, Buck Swope gets that leap day to capitalize. Well, but you won't be here tomorrow, no. and you tend to be his go-to uh, yeah, as far like as a vote goes. That's going to be tough for him to win tomorrow. Well, KG will get a vote, right? Uh, I no. guess Jackson will be in. Jackson. Oh. I feel bad for uh, Kevin Miller. He got screwed. There should be an asterisk next to this film because of leap year. Taylor Gooch. Yeah. Taylor Gooch, Doug. What the hell's that mean? <laughs> if you know, you know. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah, but don't let anyone else in on it. <laughs> uh, is this his comments on the Masters? Yeah. yeah. We can talk about it tomorrow. Well, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, that, it's that much to keep people waiting 21 hours. <laughs> no, it's good to tease. Keep them wanting more. Uh, that would keep the audience wanting more. Speaking of which, Jackson and I are going to go in a hallway, and we'll see what comes up for the next hour. That's yeah. the, that's the You'll tease. get through it. We're looking forward to seeing where it goes. <laughs> that's coming up, and then Jackson and I will return into this studio for QFTA at approximately 1130. You can watch that and participate in the chat at YouTube.com slash TMASTL. So put that in your phone. Save it. And the next thing you know, you're part of the Friend of the Feathers who watch and listen to the Tim McKernan Show podcast. Time They're going to run into my cooking show? I don't think it could, though. I could go nine hours since we didn't do one Monday or Tuesday. Doug, uh, enjoy your vacation, sir. Well, You're try. back uh, next Wednesday, if I'm not mistaken, right? Yes. Uh, Bring back some yes. souvenirs. And some souvenirs. I'm not bringing you back souvenirs. For the Plowhawk, for Action Jackson, for Kenneth Iggy Strode, for my brother Kevin, for Douglas Sullivan, Vaughn, I'm Tim McKernan. This has been TMA, presented to you by Brown and Crouppen.